joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo, Gerald Borgay, and Saul Bookman. And guys, it's real. I feel like I woke (laughs) up today and I was like, did last night really happen? Is this a pinch me moment? Was I dreaming everything? But it's real. KD made his debut last night as a Phoenix Sun. And it was not only the talk of all of us here in the Suns world, but the talk of the NBA. The entire league was watching. It's fun stuff. It's fun. It's a good time to be alive. To quote Seinfeld, they're real. They're spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had a blast like preparing for KD to play for the Suns and just watching clips of him and now to be able to watch him on the Suns and how they were interacting with Booker and Paul and all these different pieces. It was it was really cool. It's just it's just it was just such a unique thing. You know, like it's not just that he's playing with the Suns because I legitimately believe right now if KD was traded in the middle of the season to anybody, I'd have been like damn, they really traded KD? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he came to the Suns, and now I'm like, double wham. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> well, we're not the only ones feeling that way. Last night, Trey Young tweeted out, KD really on the Suns. And then Jason Tatum quote tweeted and said, I just said the same thing, laughing face emojis all around. I think every, I think it's going to take a, a little bit of time for everyone to get used to the new landscape. Yeah. I mean, for me, I had to like clean the glasses because, you know, Tall, generational talent wearing 35 for the Suns. I was like, is Dragon Bender back? And then I was like, no, this is a better version of Dragon Bender. So slightly, slightly better Kirka version. Kirka Bender. Kirka Bender Ranch. Kirka Bender Ranch. All right. Let's talk about some of the things that were said last night or today about KD being a Phoenix Sun officially and playing for them. First and foremost, foremost we got a tweet from Skip Bayless. He said, welcome back, Kevin Durant, and welcome home. This is where you belong with CP3 and Book. You made your mistake following Kyrie. That nightmare is over. New dawn, sun's rising. Man, we have really fucking just hit rock bottom. You know that meme where it's like (laughs) the worst person you know just made a good point? That was anybody (laughs) else. That was that exact... That was that oh, exact. But we're this gonna feels, have to get used to it because Skip loves KD. This feels oh, gross as shit. It just it really just, does. You, know? you ever see that movie Coyote Ugly, where they just they explain what that term means, and it's when you wake up next to somebody and you'd rather chew your arm off than wake them up uh, on the way out. Oh my gosh! I Jesus feel, I feel like uh, I I'd rather chew my arm off than acknowledge that Skip Bayless now maybe a Suns fan. It just feels wrong. All right. <laughs> Just wrong. You know that movie where the hiker gets his arm pinned in the (laughs) mountain ridge and has to saw it off and drink his own urine? I'd rather do that (laughs) than listen to Skip Bayless. (laughs) Well, I didn't. At least I didn't make you listen to him say anything. I just read you the tweet. So baby steps, y'all. Baby steps. But here's the thing: as much as we all don't really love Skip, she was going to say co-word PHNX. We have (laughs) talked about how this is such a good fit for KD, basketball-wise, and in my opinion, other right. Book and CP3 are low-drama people, low-drama players. They focus far more on basketball than they do anything else. They say the right things. They avoid the drama whenever possible. Like, this is a really good spot for KD all around. I I love it. Um, I think it's great. I think it's kind of 
funny a little bit that like he basically was quiet the entire time he was injured. Mm. But last night he was pretty he was pretty uh um as animated as you can see from KD. He doesn't really show too much emotion. Um I love the fact that he threw a little quips in the post game and uh you know and obviously had that interview that we'll talk about here in a second, but like uh, he's starting to, to to get out of his shell and feel a little bit more comfortable here in the Valley. And when you team him up with another guy that's just all about business and getting after it, like you just hope that it, it could lead to nothing but good things. At, at the very bottom, you know that they're putting in the time and, and, and the effort mm-hmm. to try and, and get this team to where it needs to be. Right. People always make a lot about him clapping back at people on Twitter and, you know, he's sensitive or all this stuff about his legacy and what his titles mean. But like at the end of the day, KD has always been consistent about it being about basketball for him. And I think this, this is the only time you'll ever hear me say this, but this tweet is on the money because it focuses on he's, he's over, he's past that drama that he had to deal with in Brooklyn. And yes, some of it was by his own making, but now he's here in Phoenix where you can be with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, two guys, who for them, it's also just about basketball. Um, and, and I think that's part of the joy that we're seeing. Like he gets to be happy because he gets to just focus on coming back from injury and playing hoops. Look, we, I think we're going to rue the day where we complained about the national media not paying attention to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Because now, yeah, KD, Devin, Monty, you know, DA may not be about that life when it comes to, to the drama. But the drama's coming regardless because now they are the storyline. Now they are the talk of first take and and undisputed and and all of them. The talking heads are coming, all right? And you're going to have to deal with whatever BS they're peddling on any given day. Like if they come out and they lose to Chicago on Monday, all hell's breaking loose. Or if they lose to the Mavs on Sunday, right? Imagine Monday's talk shows with Skip and with... I you know all these guys, you know Stephen A. Smith, and everybody's gonna be screaming out, you know, at the top of their lungs. Can the Suns not get it done? They lost to the Mavs again. Like the drama will be there, but I don't think it will permeate the locker room. But the rest of us sure as hell are gonna have to deal with a lot of that drama. That's that's a good point. And it, our friend Shrieker tweeted something out. It was a series of three screenshots. And the first one was from Stephen A. Smith, NBA on ESPN. The headline is, the Suns are not the best team in the West. Then the second one is one win against the Charlotte Hornets later. And it's from today, also NBA on ESPN from Stephen A. Smith. I believe the Phoenix Suns are going to the finals. <laughs> like, this is the shit we're going to have to deal with now for sure. Beat the Hornets and now we <laughs> now. can crown them champs, baby. Now we know it. Well, it's because, <laughs> and look, we fall into this category somewhat too because you have to talk as often as we do. Yeah. Like, it's just this deluge of, of, of statements and thoughts constantly that – that, yeah, you almost change with the wind every day in terms of this stuff. And we're going to have to deal with that on a much larger national level from guys we can't stand. Welcome aboard, Skip Bayless. <laughs> well, it is. And they're going to look for drama because everyone knows that drama sells. Like, right. It, it's just the nature of the social media type of world, clickbaity type of world that we live in. We literally saw it with um, that whole Giannis thing. That everyone we talked about earlier in the week where everyone was like, did you see the joke Giannis made? Mm-hmm. And they took it and they clipped off the ending and ran with it as if Skip. that was a legitimate thing that Giannis was saying to KD instead of being like, no, there's a whole second half of this clip 
showing that this is very clearly a joke. You know what also bothers me, too, about that is if you watch that clip, even without the second part, you can tell it's pretty damn obvious. Either he's the worst trash talker in the world or somebody's written that for him and he doesn't really mean and it. he's reading it off right. a teleprompter. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's we're just going to have to get used to it. And it'll be on us to not really try and add to those conversations of the drama a little bit, even though I already know I'm probably going to be guilty of doing that myself. But we'll see. It'll be fun. Uh, speaking of drama. <laughs> Let's add to the conversation, shall we? Because I also heard today on Arizona Sports that Jay Williams said something to the effect of Devin has no excuses not to become more Kobe-esque or Kobe-like now that he has KD on this team. And I just want to know if you guys think that's fair or not. I'm just tired of the Kobe thing in general, honestly. Like, I, I let him be his own player. Um, I know that Kobe was a guy that Book obviously looked up to, a lot of guys in this league looked up to, but it's a disservice to compare the two when he's only had two playoff runs under his belt to this point. Um, like he's barely just hitting his stride. And I know for Kobe, it came sooner in his career as far as being able to contend with the Lakers earlier on. But um, I, I just feel like they have, they have you similar mid range prowess, but other than that, like they do have different games um, and, and I'm just kind of tired of the comparison, honestly. Look, when, when Kobe played here the last time in Devin's rookie year and Devin met him after the game and he, and he wrote on the shoe for him, he didn't go, write, quote, be Kobe. Mm -hmm. He wrote, be legendary, as in go be your own guy, make your own path. And I think this whole comparison between Book and Kobe is unfair to both guys. There's just no point to it, right? Devin Booker can go out there and be successful and, it, and, ha and it'll have nothing to do with Kobe Bryant. And I get, oh, Mamba mentality. Fine. They both are, are you know, are, were very much locked into the game. Okay. I think 95% of the greats were like that, you know? So I, I think the comparison is just lazy. Um, I, I'm i a little bit in, in, in between both camps. I think earlier on in Devin Booker's career, before he had even made a playoff game, I was like, stop with the Kobe shit. Like, mm -hmm. just stop. There's, there's, there's nothing there. Nothing's happened. He hasn't accomplished. At that time, he hadn't even gone to an All-Star game. Like, how are we going to compare him to one of the greats of all time when he hasn't even gotten to an All-Star game? Like, and I know some of that, a lot of that wasn't his control. But, uh, but now, after he has gone to multiple All-Star games and he has gone to the finals and he's lead his, led his team to one of the best records in the NBA, um, and the best record in franchise history, and he's passing all these guys up on the uh, on the different lists in franchise history. Um, and really, the the way he's been going about his business, I'm a little bit more okay with the Kobe Bryant comparison now than I was before because you can see it in his eyes, you can see his determination, you can see his um, his will, and that's the thing that separates a lot of the great ones. And I think when when Jay Will says that, yeah, I mean, we're going to point to the fact that he literally com compared those two. But I think more than anything, we're talking about uh, a guy that is on the cusp of greatness. Mm. Um, and that's what I really take away from this is that he has no excuse to really not be great because he doesn't he doesn't have the weight of of the teams on him and solely him all the time. Like he can he can find levels to this to grow that by the time maybe KD does leave. Well, guess what? You have the best player in the game at that point now, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of what I took away. From and that. I think that's fair to say, hey greatness mm -hmm. that it's fine to reference greatness 
But Kobe specifically, like, I don't think the comparison's fair too because Kobe early in his career coming in into the league at, at 18 was viewed as very selfish, not a team guy, mm-hmm. caused issues. It was the polar opposite of what Devin Booker was when he came into this league. Devin's never demanded a trade. Devin's never chased off a, a teammate. Like, there's things that Kobe did that that aren't book in any way either too so like uh, i hate those kind of comparisons i I think if he's talking about it from a perspective of you have this all-time great offensive hub that demands so much attention and you as the second guy the one b guy can now feast on that i think that's an apt comparison because kevin durant is going to make devin booker's life easier and if he has that same killer edge to him i i get that sort of pseudo comparison there just like Shaq and Kobe right yeah right so I I do think there's something to that and I think he'll be able to make the most of it but again like I don't want to put the cart before the horse here because I want to see you know more than one game with these two together and and see how they fare in a couple playoff series before I start making those types of comparisons I think I just want like if the expectation is that Devin has to level up now that he's got that caliber of a player next to him. I just want everyone who back in the day when he had nobody around him poo pooed on Devin mm. to apologize. <laughs> no, look, he, never I'm, that's all I'm asking. Is it, uh, is it too much? Is yeah, it asking too much? Is. Honestly, because yes. he couldn't get praise when he was by himself. And now that he's with Katie, well, if he isn't, you know, the, one of the greats, then that we're not going to be able to give him love either. It's like, right. it's, it's, it's lose, lose in, in any way. here. Well, that's what Chris in the chat said. It's lose-lose for Booker. If the Suns fail, it'll be Booker's fault for not leveling up. If the Suns win a title, it was only because of KD. Booker just needs to ball and ignore the commentary. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because it's going to take them both. Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, like if the Suns had won the championship, um, I think Devin Booker <laughs> would have gotten all the love as much as Chris Paul would have mm-hmm. um, because Devin Booker carried that fucking team in multiple games. And, yeah, Chris Paul had some phenomenal games too. But I mean, it's just, I, I think you, it's a narrative if you let it be a narrative. Mm. Like, and I don't think anybody here in the Valley is going to let that be a narrative. Mm-hmm. KD is going to drop 35. Devin Booker might drop 32. Do I give a shit? No, they both equally, obviously, are just as important to the team as the other. Like, yep. no, I'll say it this way you take one of those two off of this team, they're not winning a championship. But it's, not, it's yeah. not this group and the people in this town that that are going to drive that narrative. It's the Skip Baylesses of the world. It's the Stephen A. It's the Smiths. same thing we saw yeah. last year. Chris yeah. Paul and Devin are both splitting votes for each other. Therefore, one can't get more praise than the other and yada, yada, yada. It's going to yeah. be the same same story all over again just now instead of Chris Paul, it's KD. See, but I didn't even agree with that last year. I, I really didn't. I felt like Devin Booker was by far the best player on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Chris Paul was good. He was very, very we're good. We're not saying but, it's right, but yeah. we're saying that's, that's what's what going to be said. Yeah, is. which is it's a lazy narrative, as yes. we know. Like it's always yeah. a lazy narrative. But again, they're going to be watching the Suns a lot more now. You think on paper, now that KD's here, they're going to start to watch and they're going to see, like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> Devin Booker has levels and we didn't know it. Yep. Well, now you do. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. I feel like well, that's a thing. I maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's a thing. We were just talking about it before the show. Like, I don't know, thing? but you know what is a thing? New mm. merch here from hey PHNX. Now. And uh, we got Dope two ass merch. Let's go. really mm. cool shirts for you guys to check out in our locker. We obviously have the Slim Valley Reaper shirt. 
And we have the Mid-Range Assassin shirt available now as well. You can get one or the other, or you can get both shirts and get an exclusive sticker pack for free when you buy both of them together. This morning, let's go. These I bought actually shirts about three shirts of each. So. Came out, came out really mean? cool. Um, we're getting great feedback from them. The Kevin Durant, sorry, the Slim Valley Reaper one. I don't know who um, that's supposed to be, but yeah, the Kevin Durant. Kevin, 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 Kevin. The Slim Valley Reaper one. Uh, all right, we already sold out our first batch that mm -hmm. we made, so we had to get another batch added to the mix. So if you want to get one. Make sure you order sooner rather than later so that you are a part of the crew that gets them in the mail sooner yeah, rather than shit later. to that first game with Kevin Durant there. Come on now. Mm -hmm. I, I want a Hey Kevin shirt. Hey Kev. Hey, hey Kev. Kev. <laughs> I'm not mad at a Hey Kev shirt. Hey that could be kind of fun. Also, if you're not a diehard and you want to become a diehard, not only do you get exclusive content delivered right to your inbox, but you also get a free shirt or a hat every year, and you can use that free shirt for one of these two shirts that we just told you and showed you about. You also get 20% off merch, so even if you already use your free shirt for the year, you can still get 20% off if you want to pick up the other shirt, maybe. So check mm -hmm. it out, phnxlocker.com right now. Also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is one of our favorite ways to watch Suns games. It, they go hand in hand, especially when you're winning your picks. It makes it a heck of a lot more fun. And uh, this week, we've got a pick of the week, which is... Yeah, buddy. Well, hey, I gave you a guarantee last week. It didn't work out so well because <laughs> my beloved Wildcats lost on a <laughs> stupid-ass shot from three-quarter court. But, hey, yeah, buddy. I'm not going to hate. <laughs> I'm not going to hate. I'm not going to hate. Good for them. They pulled it off. But I will guarantee. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh boy! Inject that. Bring it on. That I, I, ASU will cover on. the spread today. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> I thought you were going the other way. At plus eleven and a half, there's no way they're losing by more than eleven and a half. Nah. Take the money, take the points, take the Sun Devils, and win some cash, baby. <laughs> you know damn well what you're doing. Why <laughs> reverse jinx this? All right. <laughs> I'm a hater. You thought. You so. thought. He thought. You, got me. you had me. I can't lie. <laughs> like everything else on this I, show. I said that because our beloved producer, Sean DePaz, <laughs> is it the first time you're producing this show? No, he's producing. No, he's producing well, before. I have but... asked every single time I, that I produce your show by one of you if this is the first time I produce <laughs> oh, your show. It's probably me. <laughs> no, it's Lindsay often. <laughs> it's me. Let's be honest. Like, like I everything feel like else I ask on this if show, you produce certain there's levels segments. to that. Bad. There's always levels to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, you can take Saul's pick of the week if you want or not, but you should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with the promo code PHNX because hey, new customers 11. Let's go. can Let's bet $5 go. on 11. the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, that is code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, I will say, Espo before the show was like, I said, what's our pick of the week? And he goes, anything over Kevin Durant tomorrow. So if, if you're not on board with Saul's pick, you could take Espo's no, and just take the no, over anything Kevin Durant. That's not how the pick of the week works. Well, it is today. We had a toss-up. Nobody took it. I took it. You got to take the 11 and a half. <laughs> it is contractually obligated. <laughs> if you watch the show, you I don't you make the rules. That's just how yeah. it goes. By the way, welcome, Chris, as a, uh, as a diehard. We're glad to have yeah. you here. Yes. And glad you got the mid-range assassin shirt. Let's go. Lord have mercy. All right. So we took a look on what was said after last night's game. Let's take a look back on what actually happened on the court 
in last night's game with some mini breakdowns. Gerald, this is your time to shine. Yeah, so I wrote about this more in depth at GoPHNX Suns, if anyone's interested in looking at five things that I pointed out from the game that I felt were glimpses into what this team could become, what Kevin Durant does for the Suns. But I wanted to highlight two sequences here um, on the show because they are really great examples. The first one of how Kevin Durant creates space for so many other people. So on this first screenshot that we have here, Devin Booker starts in the corner with his man, Kelly Oubre, hugging him close. And then Chris Paul and DA are stacked near him on the right side of the floor. DA's got the ball just inside the three-point line with his defender, Mark Williams, kind of sagging off. And then on the opposite side of the floor, Okogi is in the corner. His man, JT Thor, has two feet in the paint to help on any potential drives. And then KD's over there on that left wing beyond the three-point line with his man, Gordon Hayward, staying close. Now, Booker curls around the screen from Paul, which automatically puts Oubre behind the play. Terry Rozier, who's CP3's man, is staying closer to the basket to allow Oubre to kind of fight through that screen and not give up any slips. So with Oubre already behind the play, Devin Booker catches a shovel pass handoff from DA and curls around him towards the basket. And Mark Williams is sagging off to protect against the drive there. And then with Booker coming in hot off that handoff, JT Thor kind of takes a step further into into the paint from his man in the corner. And then Hayward kind of sags off a little bit of KD towards the nail, which is it's the center point of the free throw line there. So when you hear him say, a defender steps towards the nail. It's right there in the middle of that three-point line. Now, Booker... Oh, the free throw line. Yes, the yeah, free throw line. Sorry, the free throw line. Now, Booker penetrates further into the lane, and he's being trailed by Ubre because of those staggered screens, and that forces Mark Williams to kind of step up slightly, but he can't fully commit yet because DA is immediately starting his roll towards the basket. So he's kind of in no man's land in having to guard two players in space there. Hayward also needs to make a decision. Does he step further in to help cut off Book's drive and leave Durant, who's shooting 40% from that spot on the floor as a three-point shooter on the wing, or does he let his teammates kind of handle it? Booker drives deeper, and that forces Mark Williams to make his decision to fully commit to stopping the ball since he's entered the paint and Oubre is still behind the play. Hayward sticks with KD because he's not going to let him get an easy kick out, and that gives Booker the requisite room to force the issue. Terry Rozier, who's kind of sagged down to tag the rolling DA, is behind Aiton, so he's not really helping at all there. And Thor has one foot in the paint still to help off of a Kogi. Booker rises up for a jumper to get Mark Williams to fully commit, and he knows his shot's about to be contested from the front and from the back with Oubre flying in. He's desperate for that block against his old teammate, Book. (laughs) And Book switches off to his offhand. He weaves a pass around Williams' outstretched arm, and then Rozier is retreating back out to CP3 instead of helping on the pass because CP3 has curled up to the three-point line to keep his attention, and he came into the night shooting a career-high 54% on catch-and-shoot threes this season, so you have to stay with a guy like that. That leaves Aiton wide open under the basket. The pass is slightly low, and Aiton doesn't catch it cleanly, um, and that gives Thor, who's helping off of a Kogi, an opportunity to help under the rim. But once Aiton gets a handle on it, he swings the ball low through Thor's kind of contest there, um, and he has a recovering Mark Williams on his back, but fortunately he's got prime position right near the rim, so he turns right into a right-hand hook shot over Williams for an easy bucket, And that whole play just kind of stems from Hayward not being able to help off of KD and opening up that driving lane, the type of driving lane that Booker doesn't often get when he's curling around screens like that. So that's just 
one example of how things are going to open up for everybody else just having KD out on the floor. Well, and there's a couple other things there. You Book could do as usual where he stops and lets the guy run into him from behind on that on that mid-range there as well. And that or a Kogi's there too. So like there's so many things that open up in here with the way this defense collapses. I this is a small microcosm of of what's going on in this offense, but it's exciting to think about what opens up just simply by even if D or if uh, KD is a decoy on a play like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I wanted to take a look at this second sequence. This was the really fun one from the beginning of the game. Um, and this starts with Gordon Hayward having the ball on the right side of the floor, well beyond the three point line. He's being defended by Durant. Um, Mark Williams is setting a screen to Hayward's right. And DA is initially in drop coverage just outside of the paint. He's sagging off the play pretty significantly to start this one. But once Williams makes contact on the screen, KD is fighting underneath it, but DA takes a big step up to make sure that Hayward can't just step up into an easy uncontested three as he's driving around the pick. So Durant gets through the screen, fighting through it, and he kind of helps corral Hayward towards the baseline, towards Aiton. DA is still not all the way up on the ball yet, but because of his length, because of Durant's length preventing a path toward the middle of the floor, Hayward can't pull up and he also has to keep driving. So Hayward commits fully to that drive. Aiton engages him and he's using his lateral quickness to stick with him and cut off any potential drive to the rim. DA is really good about being on the perimeter and this is something we might see more because of Kevin Durant's secondary rim protection. So with Aiton on top of shutting off Hayward's drive, Durant drops a bit to prevent Mark Williams' roll to the basket as he moves just inside the three-point line there. Hayward gets completely cut off. He takes a step backwards towards the sideline to try and open up a passing lane since Aiton's totally all over that. Durant recognizes Williams on the roll and sees where he's about to cut behind him in order to give Hayward an outlet. Then Hayward locates Williams, who makes himself available, getting past KD. On the opposite side, Devin Booker, whose man is in the corner, has slid over towards the basket to help protect, but he's also distracted by a back screen that's being set on him, so he can't fully commit to shading over and protecting the rim. That's good, though, because KD has a 7-foot frame and a 7-foot-5 wingspan. That makes him a better rim protector anyway. Williams catches the bounce pass from Hayward with KD on his hip, and it looks like he's got a decent look at a layup off the backboard from the low block. But wrong. Kevin Durant rises up, (laughs) stuffs him at the peak. JT Thor recovers the ball but misses the follow-up floater. Chris Paul boxes out. They get the rebound. He gets it to Booker, and the Suns are in semi-transition now. So on this, this is an example of how D.A. helps repay that favor there. Um, He uses his gravity. Booker's on the right side of the floor, and Aiton runs up the court to take advantage of a mismatch with Gordon Hayward on him in transition. Paul's trailing in the middle of the court. Durant's trotting up the court on the left side of the floor, and Mark Williams is running back desperate to try and get to his man to relieve that pressure on Hayward to defend a seven-footer who's already starting to post him up with his seal near the free throw line, and then Akogi and his man Rozier in the corner to provide spacing. So Booker takes all this in in a second or so and recognizes where the opening is on offense. So with Aiton posting Hayward fully into the paint now and Williams focused on recovering back to his man, Booker sees KD on the weak side and slings an overhead pass to him. Williams, who finally just got back to DA, and then JT Thor, who picked up Chris Paul in transition near the top of the key, see KD on the far side too late. He's wide open from that spot that we just talked about where he's drilling 40% of his threes. KD rises up for an uncontested three, and you'll notice Booker raising his 
hand with three on it up to the sky. He already knows it's cash. And for those who need the proof, the ball goes straight through the net. And Kevin Durant has his first block as a son and his first three pointer as a son. And this is the example of the two way impact that he can have and how when D.A. does the little things and hustles in transition and runs the floor, he makes life easier for everybody else in turn. I feel like DeAndre is going to be one of the like X factors for this team as far as his defense goes this year. Um, I think he'll still eat, but I, I think his offense is almost secondary to what impact he could have defensively. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily – I mean, yeah, he is – you're right. He is going to have more of an impact on defense than he has on offense by nature of KD and Book alone, right? Mm. But um, I think we've been sitting here talking for quite a while about the importance of Chris Paul and – um, and rightfully so. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. But I think you're starting to see the reason why um, D.A. has such uh, an impact on this team when he plays at a high level. And the reason why I think from this point moving forward, he's got to be the third head of the stake because without without him and his gravity, things just don't quite look the same um, on both ends of the floor. So um, and, and he's going to continue to develop in that. And listen, he's never played with another guy has the kind of ability and flexibility that Kevin Durant does either. Like it's, it's, it's a matchup nightmare. You know, you go back to that Dallas Mavericks series a year ago and they basically just spread the suns out and just chucked and ducked from three. Well, you can't really do that now because you have two seven footers out there who are agile, who can, who can play at different levels and are quick enough to get out on shooters. So what are you going to do now? And that's the beauty of Kevin Durant and DA. But going back to Gerald's first little breakdown about how KD creates space for everyone, that's an opportunity for DA to just completely feast based on that. So he can still get his buckets and contribute offensively, but defensively is, I think, going to be like the X factor again. For sure. But that's just... I think DA is going to wind up having the same amount of points that he was getting before on fewer shots Mm. in a lot of cases, especially what we saw... You know, in, in December and January and into February when they had had the injuries and everything and he had to be uh, part of their volume shooting w- with the offense. And I'm going to go – I know it's game one. I know this is way overblown and, and somewhat hyperbole. I think this might turn out to be the prettiest offense we've seen in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Seven <laughs> seconds in, or less included. I think that this could operate – so smoothly and and <laughs> with so many options that I think this could be one of, one of if not the best offenses we've seen in Phoenix. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's but tough. You, you've never had a guy like I mean, seven sectors lefts didn't have a guy like KD. You could argue they didn't have a guy like Devin mm-hmm. in terms of volume scoring. Very true, but I also think that because of Steve, Steve Nash's abilities, he made it look easy for everybody else. I and see. I and I think. Chris Paul um, puts guys in good position to score, but at at Steve Nash's peak, I, the, and the and and the really the system of the offense, like I don't think we we've ever seen anything that has moved so smoothly than that seven seconds or less team. Yeah, I, except I, in the playoffs against the Spurs. Right, I think it's <laughs> it's relative because obviously, like the, that Suns team was known for pushing the tempo in ways that no offense. Yeah. had ever done before but if you fast forward to this year yeah. like their pace would have been last in the league yeah. so it's yeah. it's kind of crazy how offenses have evolved mm-hmm. um but I do think this offense is 
better suited for the playoffs. I don't I, I think it will be definitely up there for one of the best offenses we've ever seen, but at the very least come playoff time, it's better suited to counter what a lot of defenses will try to take away. Like, look, when defenses know your plays in a playoff series by like game one or game two, you got to be able to improvise. You've got to be able to have guys that can go out and get a bucket. They added one of the all-time best in Kevin Durant. They've made it easier for Devin Booker to do that against worse defenders. Um, they've made it easier for Chris Paul to do that against the third best defender. And they added Terrence Ross, a guy who can do that off the bench in his own right. So I, I do think they're as well suited for playoffs on the offensive side as they've ever been. It's going to be fun. Uh, one other thing I noticed here to break down. Were there more creative player names ever on a court than with Charlotte, <laughs> JT Thor, Williams? Like, they all sounded like fake names. Even Gordon Hayward, and we know Gordon Hayward. That sounds like a fake creative player name. JT Thor is a fantastic basketball JT name. JT Thor is, is definitely top tier, that's for sure. All right, let's get into more Suns basketball after I tell you about our friends over at More Furniture. More Furniture is the best place where you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley. You can check them out at morefurniture.com. They hooked us up here at the PHNX offices with these chairs, with the chairs that if you were on the watch along with Saul and Espo yesterday that they were sitting on, which uh, might I say are the most comfortable chairs in this office. Not that these ones that we're sitting on right now are not comfortable, but those ones you can literally fall asleep in mm -hmm. at any moment. I don't know how many pictures we have of people who work here who have fallen asleep in those chairs <laughs> that we're all saving for blackmail one day, uh, but they're really that comfortable. Yes, I fell asleep in one of those chairs once, and Emma took a photo. Because <laughs> they're super comfortable. And I if have you're a looking of sleeping in one of them. to get more comfort in your life, Check out our friends over at More Furniture. Again, morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. Yeah, that's right. We sleep during the middle of the day. So what? <laughs> yeah. We work during the night. What is, look, Lindsay. We're they, allowed to take naps here. They, Michael Jordan took naps. Why can't I take naps? And I took that personally. That's a great quote. Uh, look, look. <laughs> these chairs are so comfortable. I've sat in one for the better part of the of like... 30 of the last 36 to you know, yeah. 40 hours and my ass still hasn't fallen asleep. So that's when you know you got quality chairs around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, if you guys are looking for some place to grab dinner tonight, might I recommend our friends over at Illegal Pete's? Illegal Pete's is one of the best places to get burritos, nachos, margaritas, queso, whatever you're looking for, Illegal Pete's has it. They also have happy hour every single day from 3 to 6 p.m. So once this show wraps up, if you head on over, you can get all the happy hour deals. And uh, it is March. Brackets are coming. Mm -hmm. Busted brackets are also coming. And nothing <laughs> cures that, quote, my bracket is busted in the first round mm. like a fresh margarita from Illegal Pete's, fresh limes, tequila. I'm talking lots of tequila. Sweet agave. <laughs> they are top notch when it comes to their margaritas. So try out an Illegal Pete's coin premium or frozen margarita today. And again, don't forget about that happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. I like to imagine there's a Mexican restaurant called Legal Peter's and it's just not really good. <laughs> and Illegal Pete's is just superior to it. Might also be sus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> PHNX Sports. Uh, yeah, no. You can tell Sean DePaz is running the account because he said, quote, Michael Jordan took naps. Why can't I take naps? End quote. 
by the Michael Jordan of podcasting. <laughs> Don't blow. Come on, man. What are we doing I, here? I, I, th I thought it was clear sarcasm. Also, I somehow managed to spell Michael two different ways in one time. <laughs> Mikhail Jordan. Mikhail Jordan. Okay, well, the, the Mikhail Jordan of podcast. I can take that. Honestly, Gerald caught the reference. Esmo Saul, did you guys catch the reference? There was there was a contestant on The Bachelor, I, yeah. think. I think. Was it Corinne? Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. And God everyone's shit, giving her grief because she slept all day and took naps all day. And that was like the the social media gold moment. Yeah. I didn't even watch that season, but I saw that I clip. Too, yeah. I, yeah. She did said, Michael Jordan took naps. Why can't but I do <laughs> But did he, though? I, I honestly don't uh, know. It doesn't sound like something he did. he'd do. No. But that just adds to the wonderfulness of that quote. I feel like, I feel like really Michael Jordan, quote. if he took a nap, he'd wake up from it. And something bad happened in it, and he took it personally. And he never took one again. Yeah, he never took <laughs> he one never again. Never slept I have after not that. slept in 30 <laughs> years. See, I mean, I, I feel like Michael Jordan definitely took naps because Michael Jordan stayed up way past his bedtime doing ridiculous <laughs> shit during his uh, prime in the NBA. So he had to take a nap the next day to be ready for the next game. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, yeah. but uh, he's built different. I, I like the way is. you phrased that. Way past his bedtime. Yeah, way past his bedtime. As <laughs> if a grown ass man has a bedtime. Yeah, what was his bedtime? Yeah, what was, what was, was three best four in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Michael Jordan didn't go to bed until after shoot around. Yeah, he just probably. he just stayed out and then went to shoot around and then was like, let me take a quick nap here and then get back up and do it all over again. As an example, if you if you missed it, you can go to our outside shots show that we did this morning with EJ and EJ gave a fantastic story about Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, Loved. Yep, yes. exactly. All right, we did get a super chat from Roy. Roy said, y'all should make a mid-range mafia shirt and send it to Shaq, LOL. As, a as an Italian, I'm offended by Shaq. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Why? Yeah? Well, the mafia is an Italian thing. Why is Shaq... Could have dubbed them the mid-range mafia. Well, that's, that's the that's thing. That's my people's thing, that's, Shaq. That's, that's the thing that I always go, go to. I was like, were there any brothers in the mafia? I don't think there was. No. But we got four of them in this mid-range mafia. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's why we're going with assassins. I like that. I'm going to abstain from saying anything Same. further. I'm going to move us right on along here. All but thank you for the super American chat, Roy. Ninjas. We appreciate you. Uh, okay, so we uh, also Wu heard... Clan, baby. Let's go. Again, I'm going to abstain. That's exactly what this is. Anything further. Let's go. We also heard from Kevin Durant himself, who has been pretty quiet uh, when it comes to the chatter around him lately. Mostly from guys like Barkley and Shaq. But Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports wrote an article with some really good quotes from KD. And one of the ones that stuck out was this one Clap on how the old heads <laughs> put an unfair standard on him. KD said, most definitely, because at this point they're saying, go play with Scoot Henderson and win a championship yeah. and then we'll give you credit. Scoot catching strays. <laughs> Poor Scoot. Durant told <laughs> Yahoo Sports, I don't need no credit from y'all. No credit from Barkley, no credit from Shaq. Y'all don't ever have to watch me play ever again. Don't talk about me if you don't rock with me. I'm not going to stop doing what I do. Everybody has their opinions, man. It's not going to stop me and how I approach the game. As far as leading a team, I don't need to coach no team. Whatever happens, we do it together. Monty's the leader. He's the coach. The GM puts the team together. I'm supposed to go out and hoop. That's my job. I know he didn't probably, I mean, he didn't say rock in that instance. But right. Well, don't yeah. talk about me if you don't rock with me is bars. <laughs> that's that's poetry. I mean, it's I true. Why, why did they choose that to, to insert for that word? Yeah, well, I mean, we're all grown adults here. 
Don't talk about me if you don't or, fuck with me. Or just say just expl- do it. Or just if you gotta if you gotta take it out, just say expletive. Why put the word right? It's like I honestly kind of like it better. When, remember in the eighties and nineties when they put a movie on cable mm. and they dubbed that movie <laughs> yeah. and the word you're like, there's not a chance in hell he said that word. We're not dumb here, all right? <laughs> What the frick? I don't know, though. <laughs> okay, when people say frick, though, it brings me so much joy. It's hilarious really? to me. Frick? We used to say what the piss in the, in the military. I just think it's so funny, like, when little kids will substitute frick. I think it's so funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm glad that we finally got to hear from KD, though, because he's absolutely right. Like, he, I think if if there was a lose-lose situation for KD, it's it's always about his championship. It's always about who he's playing next to what he's doing, what he's not doing, who he is as a leader. Like, it's a lose-lose situation for him no matter what he does, I feel like. Yeah, and and the biggest thing that he's alluding to is something that I keep coming back to is, like, I I hate that we always have to, when we talk about all-time greats, we have to find a way to tear them down instead of appreciate greatness in front of us. And he's saying, like, you don't have to watch me if you don't like me. Like, Mm -hmm. my great, if my greatness is lost on you, don't watch me play. Like, stop talking about me. I just want to hoop. Um, and he doesn't need the credit from these guys, especially from Barkley, who has never won a title here, to validate what he's doing, what he's accomplished, and the, the fact that he gets to wake up every day and do what he loves at an extremely high all-time level. Like, I, I just wish that we could move past that portion of things, and I'm sure uh, Kevin Durant is high on that list as well. But, but look... High joke there with Kevin Durant, and believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, look, this is a time-honored tradition. Every generation gets salty about the generation that follows them in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kareem was like that. I mean, he even made a joke about it in the movie Airplane. Like, there, there's every generation <laughs> gets fed up with the generation that comes after him. Oh, you had an easier path. You had this. You had that. And eventually, Katie and Devin Booker's generation will be saying that about whatever, you know, fifth grader right now becomes the next big thing in the NBA. I hope not. I don't know about that with Durant Durant and Book. I think there's a genuine appreciation with them for the hoops side of it. And I think when you watch inside the NBA, you're not watching it for basketball analysis because these guys hardly ever watch the games. They don't love basketball like that they like they like the sport they like what they do and they're really entertaining but as far as the x's and o's the basketball itself i don't think they care anymore and i took that personally because we've been compared to inside the NBA. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> not every show has to break down every single x and o like that would be boring and it wouldn't be fun there's room for fun there's room for different types of basketball analysis but my point is I don't know if this generation is going to do what the former generation did as far as looking at the younger guys and tearing them down. I feel like they're more inclined to bring them up the right way because that's what Book got from Kobe. That's what KD got from LeBron and Kobe, from different guys. I I feel like it's a little different. I don't know. Hello in the chat. I feel like is fantastic with this comment. We played basketball uphill both ways. (laughs) 
We fucking did. <laughs> Saul, are you in that? No, are you lumping no. yourself into that one? No, we played no. on driveways that had a slope and 110 degree weather, <laughs> drinking out that green hose off the side of the house. I, I, will, yeah. I will say this. Uh, in Cordes Junction, motherfucking Arizona, there was no concrete pads to play basketball <laughs> on. So I was dribbling in the fucking dirt. That's for sure. I don't know. I just, I hate this so much that when you have these great players and everyone has a different one at the top of their list, like you said, Gerald, it feels like they have to tear down the other ones in order to lift up the one that sits atop their list instead of being like, they are all great in different ways, but this sticks out to me for this guy. And that's why he's at the top of my list. Like Mm -hmm. you can uplift other players, like whoever your favorite person is without discrediting the other one. But we don't do that because it's not as easy. Gerald, you might be right about the the books and the KDs not going down this path, but you can't tell me Draymond Green's not going to be that guy in 15 years playing that same role. I mean, he could be, but he's also a good basketball analyst. So I, I feel like he's at least coming at it from a place of this is what you're seeing on a play or this is what yeah. this guy needs to do. I, he, he has but, said some dumb stuff already. Like the, <laughs> we need to get book out of Phoenix after they had just gone eight, no in the bubble and whatnot. But yeah, but to, uh, also it's easier to be that guy and think that way when you're in the game. Yeah. Once you get, you know, years removed, I mean, just look on the NFL side of things. Uh, and uh, I'm blanking on the quarterback, uh, the former Dallas quarterback who's become oh, yeah, Tony, uh, Romo. Tony Romo. First year in the booth, he's calling out plays before they happen. He's three years removed now, and everybody's like, he's not that good of an analyst. Mm. Because once you move away from the game, even if you try to study film, it's not the same as when you're in the game, you know? No, that's fair. I, I just wish that analysis leaned more towards into – the Candace Parkers, the Jamal Crawfords, the Allen Iversons in terms of showing the next generation love and appreciating what they do instead of being like, man, these guys, they're in their load management or whatever the hell we're going to talk about today. Like uh, it's, it's always, it's always a recurring thing and it's, it's just, it's they're right about exhausting. Yeah, I, I would say I, <laughs> oh, I'm 99% with you there, Gerald, mm. uh, outside of the load management. I can't. Well, that's fine, but I'm just I'm just using that as an example of like how we're gonna tear down the new generation sure, today. Sure, like, there's always sure. something that they're gonna pull out. But. For sure. Maybe they'd be happier if they just had more Four Peaks beer in their life. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think you Charles should, had plenty of beer. Should at life. least. Try, maybe it's because it's not Four Peaks. Well, that's maybe, what's up. Maybe. Maybe we should send them a pack of this Suns Brew, yeah. and it'll uh, brighten their day and make their lives a little less. Shitty. Don't talk about Four Peaks unless you rock with Four Peaks. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> in, in brackets. <laughs> there is a game tomorrow and it is a Friday night. So you may as well swing by the grocery store on your way home and grab some Four Peaks beer. Whatever flavor it is that stands out to you the most. Sun's Brew is awesome. Obviously the Wow Wheat, the Peach Ale, the Hazy IPA. Four Peaks has something for everybody. And they're also going to be out at M3F Festival this weekend. So if you have not grabbed your tickets and you'd like to check that out, you can buy tickets at M3FFest.com and enjoy a Wow Wheat beer while you're out there. But you do have to be 21 or older to enjoy Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. I didn't ask a question. I made a statement that time, hello. 
Hello in the chat was like, you know it's about to be an advert when Lindsay asked a question and then tried to say, told you. Lindsay starts the advert with a question. I said their lives would be better, didn't I? No, Did you I asked the question? question. Yeah, you Did lives would be better Wait, with me. You just asked yeah. another question. Yeah. Yeah. We're about to do another advert. I literally in my head was she like, ran don't herself ask. over with her own car. I really Damn. thought, because in my head, I saw Hello's comment. I was like, don't ask a question. Just say it as a statement. And it came out as a question and anyway. Yeah. Oh, couldn't stop it. I didn't it. Hello? <laughs> you were like, I didn't ask a question. I was like, mm, I did. No. Yeah. I guess it's just so second nature that I can't fix it. Oh well. Oh, you know what a good way to recover from this is? No, Mike's pizza. <laughs> hey! There you go. Gerald with the best assist of them all. Uh, nothing goes better with Four Peaks gear than some Mountain Mike's pizza. And you guys should head over to mountainmikespizza.com. Or to their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations. That's right. They have locations all across the valley to place your next order. They brought us food this week. And it was the best surprise because normally I feel like I end up missing out on Mountain Mike's when it comes into the yeah. office. But I was here when it got delivered. And it was the best day ever. T time out. Hold up. That's not how this went down. Hold up. She was like... <laughs> Damn, y'all got pizza? <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's at the kitchen. Yeah, it was the oh. best day ever because I actually was here when the pizza was here. She just completely walked right by it. I did, but at least I got it before I left. Fun fact, the Mountain Mike's in Chandler, near the Bed Bath & Beyond I worked at. Oh. I'll just leave that as right. it is. Well, uh, as a reminder, if you sign up to become a diehard, so new diehards get a $50 for. voucher upon signing up to Mountain Mike. So make sure you guys you check here? them out. It's like pop-up video. Fun I'm just going to give you random facts. We should have a pop-up video show one day. That would go so hard. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so Saul had mentioned that Outside Shots today with Eddie Johnson was one of the best uh, episodes of that podcast that they've had so oh, far it since best. it began. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit of a nugget outside of that, but highly recommend you guys go listen to the entire thing. But here's what we're going to talk about. We got a clip from it. You got TJ Warren sitting over there, and I know he hasn't played much, but I am telling you he is going to win us a playoff game. TJ Warren Ooh. is going to win us a playoff Ooh. game. Foul trouble is going to happen or whatever, right? Guy gets nicked up, maybe can't play. That guy can step on the court, and if he gets his touches, he can give you 20, and he can get you six, seven rebounds. Uh, so so <laughs> we were talking about the bench, mm -hmm. and he's fed up with all the chatter about the bench, the bench, the bench. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you got plenty on the bench. Stop. We got plenty of people on the bench that can score, that can play at a high level, like – uh, and then he threw out that 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 uh, TJ nugget, and I was a little taken aback because I'm like, oh, he's gonna. Not only is he gonna play, mm -hmm. but he's gonna win you a playoff game. That is that is a high bar. That is a high bar, especially coming off the bench. I mean, EJ is is speaking from a, uh, as a man who came off the bench. And won a few playoff games because he got hot shooting, right? So I I, I understand his soft spot, spot in his heart for a guy that he hopes can do that. I could see T.J. Warren getting minutes in a pinch when, when things become a half-court game. There's foul trouble. Terrence Ross maybe is in foul trouble off that bench, and you turn to T.J. Warren, and he scores eight points in, you know, in five minutes because T.J. is a bucket like that sometimes. I don't think he's going to drop 30 in a in a postseason game to to win it that way. 
but I could see him having an impact in a break glass in case of emergency kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it, when it comes to the playoffs, guys coming off the bench, they're only going to play 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 if there's foul trouble. Um, so you really only need like 10, 12, 15 points out of a player for him to have that type of impact that I think EJ's alluding to where you can swing a playoff game. You know, I, I don't think TJ's going to come out and look like NBA bubble TJ again, but... If he just has a night like that where they need him in a pinch, I think he can. I don't know if it's likely because based on what we've seen, he's only been giving given spot minutes and they haven't mm-hmm. been spa- like they've been sparing compared to Anish Wainwright or mm-hmm. to a Terrence Ross. But if he can prove himself defensively and work his way into the rotation, I wouldn't put it past him. I just wouldn't bank on it either. And, and that's the thing that I, I did love about what EJ said because I don't think we've really talked about it is that you know, he, missed, he mentioned guys like Ish Wainwright and Jock and, and guys like that. Um, and then plenty of people in the chat talked about Baisley. They talked about TJ and stuff like that. EJ's point was, Monty is loyal. Yes. And he doesn't give a damn about reputation. You got to go out and earn those minutes and take them away from the people that have been here as opposed to just being gifted those minutes to you. Like, mm-hmm. um, and to that... I do respect it. I do appreciate that because, yeah, guys should be busting their ass trying to get minutes on this team. They shouldn't just feel like it's it's an obligation or it's just uh, it's an entitlement that they should get uh, once they get here. T.J. Warren is is widely regarded as um, as a as a good player, a good scorer, but again, he's got to earn those minutes. And so, and, and then EJ also talked about the fact that he doesn't think TJ Warren's defense should be something that we would worry about. Cause he's, he's perfectly adequate on defense. So there's a lot to unpack in today's episode. So go please check it out. It's in whatever podcast, uh, uh, vehicle you like to listen to. And also on our YouTube channel. I think the thing that stood out to the most to me from that little segment, if you will, is that EJ feels like comfortable with this bench squad, Mm -hmm. which I know has been a topic of conversation since the KD move. Like we should have picked somebody else up off the buyout market or we should have made moves here or there. Um, But I think EJ brought up a good point that, and Devin brought it up last night after the game too, when you get closer to playoffs and in the playoffs, Book or KD will always be on the court the entire time. In Mm -hmm. theory, they should be anyway. But Book said that one of the two of them will be on the court at all times. And that helps in the sense of freeing up these guys to have better looks and more opportunities to to knock down shots that will be crucial for that unit. So I don't know. I'm just saying if EJ feels a little bit more comfortable with this bench unit moving forward, that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable, too. So can I make a request for a future episode of the show? Sure. Can you and EJ go outside and do shots in one episode just to... Outside shots, like shooting like, or shooting taking or shots. Or no, like taking taking shots. shots. Oh, okay. I want to see EJ taking shots. Uh, you know, I think they could make very interesting. <laughs> he had plenty of shots in Dubai, so uh, <laughs> I think he's, he's probably good for right now. All right. Well, make sure that you guys check out that podcast. Like Saul said, it's on our feed. Make sure you hit the like button if you are here on YouTube. If you're listening to where wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe because it helps us out a lot. Before we say goodbye. Anything else? All right. Well, then we'll say goodbye. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you as always. We'll be back tomorrow with a pregame show and a postgame show. So plan to come hang out with us then. 
Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Suns. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Saul's got me thinking deeply about my people and who was actually in the mafia now. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>